Welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast, where licensed attorney and certified life coach Laura Kelly teaches you how to bring joy, harmony, and balance to your practice and your life. Hello, colleagues, whenever or wherever you are. Welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast. I'm your host, professional certified coach and licensed attorney, Laura Kelly. Today, I'm veering a little away from my usual content and talking about relationships. I recently read a book that inspired me in a lot of ways, and I'd like to share my thoughts about it, as well as some takeaways that can help you now. First, I have to preface this podcast by saying that I am not a relationship expert. In fact, I think it is important to set out right from the beginning that this is an area which I have struggled my entire life. And I know I'm not alone in that. Writer and activist Dan Savage says that all relationships fail until one doesn't. And frankly, you won't know that until you die or your partner dies. And a relationship failure does not mean that you are a failure. Relationships are hard. I do believe that I have been socialized into buying into a pop culture fantasy about what relationships should be like. I have always dreamed of having a completely emotionally connected relationship full of trust and passion. I dreamed of a partnership full of travel, adventure, and the kind of closeness and affection that makes other people sick. You know, a love that looked and sounded like the movies. But this Disneyfication of romantic relationships isn't very realistic. At least it hasn't been for me. And frankly, I remain unconvinced that human beings are meant to be monogamously pair-bonded for a lifetime. But I have another book and discussion for that. So I came across the book, This Is How Your Marriage Ends by Matthew Frey, how I come across most things these days, TikTok. Specifically, this book was dragged by women in their early 20s, aghast that the male author was writing about his own discoveries about empathy and consideration. These young women could not understand how something seemingly so basic as empathy and consideration could be profound in a romantic relationship. And as a 41-year-old woman who has fought this battle in just about every single relationship I've had, trust me when I say that I am absolutely grateful that Matthew Frey made this discovery through his own personal development and even more grateful that he decided to write about it. And frankly, I hope these women never have to deal with the same questions of empathy and consideration in romantic relationships that I have. Um, But (laughs) unfortunately, I think that's unlikely. Now, as I will discuss more later, I don't believe the people who need to read this book will read it. I also don't believe that empathy and consideration can be developed from reading a book. But we don't create change by doing nothing. And I think this book is a tremendous effort into helping heal relationships that are headed for divorce. Another caveat, this book is aimed at heteronormative relationships. This is also my experience. And so this is how I will frame the conversation. I hope you understand that this is not to exclude, but rather to frame the conversation around my own personal experience and what I know and understand. As always, your mileage may vary frankly, I hope it does. Matthew Frey writes this book from his personal experience as a straight white man who saw himself as a good person, a good father, and a good husband. 
he could never quite understand why his wife constantly complained. He loved his wife and never intentionally hurt her. But over time, his behaviors, by failing to empathize with her perspective or consider her needs, eroded trust over time. And she left him. And now they are co-parenting their son from separate homes. He starts the book with this premise. Romantic partners are spouses who frequently, if not always, remember to consider each other in their decision-making each day are the kind of people who trust one another and who trust that their partnership or marriage will go the distance. He then describes a pattern that tends to happen in romantic relationships that demonstrates a lack of consideration that ultimately erodes trust to a point that the relationship must end or become very unhappy. And this is how his own marriage ended. This pattern is one that I find to be extremely familiar in my romantic relationships. He calls it the invalidation triple threat. Something would happen that his wife would complain about and the invalidation triple threat would go something like this. Number one, my wife's thoughts were wrong. Number two, my wife's feelings were wrong. And number three, the justifiable defense. Now, when he thought my wife's thoughts were wrong, what he was doing was judging her recollection of events and perceptions of reality as fundamentally flawed. And then when he was saying his wife's feelings were wrong, he was judging her emotional experiences to be out of alignment with what he perceived to be a fair or appropriate response. And then when he gave this justifiable defense, He was defending or explaining his own actions to her. He describes how the three invalidation threats work in concert like this. If you understood the situation as I understood it, you would clearly see that I am innocent of all wrongdoing. So you shouldn't feel bad. And if you're going to feel bad anyway, you shouldn't feel bad toward me because it was all one big misunderstanding. And what I would add is the invalidation nail in the coffin. This is what I'm adding to the conversation. It's so unfair that you're upset at me when you're the one being over-emotional and oversensitive. So we'll just let Matthew Frey know that I think there's an invalidation quadruple threat. Now, how familiar does this sound to you, dear listener? I know I can understand how damaging this type of invalidation is to a relationship, because I have experienced it. And I know so many people have experienced it because we hear all the time about partners who gaslight and invalidate. And I also believe that this is why so many people believe their partners and ex-partners are narcissists, because they don't demonstrate empathy with our thoughts, feelings, and experiences. But I think it's worth noting that narcissistic personality disorder is so much more than the tendency of a partner to invalidate us, be inconsiderate, and lack empathy. But I digress. Here's the thing. When someone believes they are under attack because they are hearing complaints and criticisms, it is exceedingly difficult to empathize with their partner in that moment. Their ego needs to protect them at all costs. I believe the invalidation triple threat or quadruple threat is an attempt to protect themselves. And it's a really poor strategy, but most ego defense mechanisms are. 
This book does an excellent job of showing the largely male target audience why doing the work of being considerate and empathetic, even in these difficult moments, would benefit them, their partners, their children, and their marriages. And I really think he does an excellent job of it. This book could be revolutionary. Men fare so much better in happy marriages. Women fare so much better in happy marriages. And children fare so much better in happy marriages. So let's make happy marriages. You with me? It's not that easy, is it? And I have been the woman begging her partner to read a book, to do the work, to go to counseling. I have begged for empathy, for consideration, begged, pleaded. And in my experience, none of that works. I want to illustrate the predicament with a very real life situation I experienced many years ago. Let's call it the soup incident. I was dating a man who I knew was absolutely enamored with me. Well, insofar as anyone could truly know. He had invited me to spend some time with him at his home after work. We were in that stage of dating where you wanted to spend every second with the other person. So I headed over to his house about 6.30 directly after work. I had assumed we'd be having dinner together. After saying our hellos and catching up, he had said he had picked himself up some soup for dinner and was going to eat it. And I said, oh, and what am I having for dinner? And he looked at me like I had two heads. He suggested that I could order something because he was too tired to cook, hence the soup. This incident was well over four years ago, and the hurt I felt in that moment is still palpable. As I write this, I can feel the tears welling up and my cheeks getting hot. Why wouldn't he make sure that I had dinner too? Surely he knew I would need to eat. I couldn't believe the lack of thoughtfulness or consideration for me. This was our first fight and it would not be our last. In fact, the same pattern of what I perceived to be a lack of empathy and consideration would be something that would be repeated over the course of the relationship. I absolutely felt invalidated. It was crazy making. I could not understand how someone who purported to love me would seemingly constantly not consider my feelings. And when I would inevitably get upset, I was too emotional, too sensitive, and yes, crazy. And I found myself begging for empathy. And I wrote emails, I bought books, I tried classes and counseling, we could not break the pattern. And so while I wholeheartedly endorse this book and others like it, including anything by the Gottmans, I have to tell you, unfortunately, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, I doubt very seriously that you are the target audience for this book. And I'm sorry to say that we cannot control other people's behavior. And as much as we try to convince or cajole our romantic partners to do the work with us, I'm afraid that we just cannot make them. And even if we can convince them to read the book or go to counseling or take the class 
or go on the retreat, you cannot force a mindset change. Indeed, Matthew Frey had his own breakthrough by doing the work himself after his divorce. Try as you might, but I can tell you from personal experience, the more you try, the more frustrated you become, the less likely salvaging the relationship becomes possible. There is another way, of course, and that is for you to do your own work, for you to develop self-compassion, and for you to develop emotional resilience. I wished thousands of times that my romantic partner could see how the soup incident would land for me. Oh, how I wish he would consider me in every single detail of his life so I would never have to feel negative emotion, particularly the feeling of abandonment. I wanted someone all in and completely on the same page as me. But friends, that was never going to happen. And as I said, I wanted him to consider and cater to my needs and wants so that I wouldn't have to feel negative emotion. But I added layer and layer of negative emotion to the situation by making it mean so much more. And now I would see the situation from a completely different perspective. Indeed, now I see there were so many options available to me in that moment that did not require argument, fighting, or tears. I already told you that I knew this man loved me. So what was I making the fact that he did not plan dinner for me mean? I was making it mean that he didn't care for me. He didn't love me. Maybe in that moment I thought he was using me for sex. Maybe I thought that I had sacrificed my evening to spend with him and he couldn't make the sacrifice of getting me soup. All of these thoughts, none of which were absolutely true, or at least none of which I could know were absolutely true, all of which served to hurt me more. In the end, the relationship was poisoned by these battles. What if, instead of making it mean all those things, I had thought he had a long day at work and wanted some soup and knew I was a grown adult woman who could get my own dinner? What if I let go of the story I had created about the soup? What if I were 100% responsible for my negative emotions? What if I didn't need anyone else to change for me to be happy? I'm not saying you should settle for behavior that doesn't meet your standards or expectations. In fact, I'm a huge proponent of boundaries. What I'm saying is that the attempt or desire to fight about it, to convince people to be more considerate and empathetic, the demands, the anger, the frustration, the resentment, all of that is what makes the relationship toxic. I'm a proponent of setting your standard and walking away if it's not met. And if it isn't met early in the relationship, I can guarantee you it won't be met later in the relationship. In fact, if I had to do it over, I could have decided that this was a boundary violation. I'm from the South, though I imagine this isn't a Southern thing but I know from the internet that it's definitely not a Swedish thing. We'll link to this in show notes. When somebody is at my home during dinner time, I make sure they eat. Swedes and perhaps others don't share my view. That doesn't mean they're bad or wrong or rude or whatever, but I could decide that if I'm at someone's home at dinner time and they don't have dinner for me, 
I leave and get my own dinner. And perhaps I won't come again unless we're clear about the dinner situation. I set up a boundary and a consequence. If you don't have dinner for me, I will eat dinner elsewhere. Totally reasonable. And when you become 100% responsible for your emotional life, you don't have to make your partner's lack of empathy or consideration mean a damn thing about you, your worth, your lovability, or anything else. But what I wanted was for all of the things to be different than how they were. I wanted to fight with reality, and so I fought with my partner. I wanted to not be in a position where I was feeling a negative emotion. Never mind that the negative emotion was created by my thoughts. No, I wanted what I wanted when I wanted it. I wanted to spend quality time with my boyfriend and have dinner together. I didn't want to leave and get my own dinner. Instead, we spent the evening arguing. You see what I'm saying? Matthew Frey points out that 70% of second marriages end in divorce. So these lessons don't learn themselves. I want to say this. Being a partner who is considerate and empathetic is amazing. And it's totally worth it. I highly suggest doing the work in Matthew Frey's book. And I highly suggest doing the thought work to take personal responsibility for your thoughts and feelings. Imagine two people going into a relationship with consideration and empathy, as well as healthy boundaries and complete responsibility for our own feelings and emotions. That's the stuff my fantasies are made of. In the meantime, I'm developing that level of trust and integrity with myself. And if you're interested in learning how to do thought work in order to take personal responsibility for your thoughts and emotions, then I invite you to join me at Joyful On Demand. It is a truly unique subscription-based group coaching experience designed specifically for legal professionals by a legal professional. The lessons we constantly learn about our thoughts, feelings, actions, results, and boundaries have the power to transform both our personal and professional lives. And that's the key focus of the Joyful On Demand program. We go through this incredible journey of self-exploration together as a supportive, nurturing community with weekly group coaching calls, as well as 24-7 access to a wealth of information on thought work, mindfulness, time management, creating boundaries, diffusing emotional triggers, and so much more. As a valued podcast listener, you can access the first month absolutely free with the code JOYFUL in all caps, so you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Just go to www.thejoyfulattorney.com slash joyfulondemand to find out more. And my final tip is this. If you are someone who would like your partner to read this book, I would suggest purchasing it in paperback or hardback, reading it and leaving it on the coffee table. Don't say anything. I think the title speaks for itself. And if somebody's interested in reading the book, they will definitely pick it up. Until next time, stay joyful. Learn more about how you can work with Laura Kelly by going to thejoyfulattorney.com. Thank you for listening.